Hello all and welcome back to the Chambers FM podcast. This is your host, Mr. Chambers, uh, back on Friday to bring you another episode of the podcast. Um, I did want to just say uh, we hit our 100th listener yesterday uh, afternoon sometime. So I just wanted to say thank you to everybody who has uh, taken time to listen, to support us. Um, it, It really means a lot. I'm having fun with this, so I just hope we can keep growing like that. Um, on today's episode, I'm going to kind of update us on the COVID-19 situation um, around our school, around the district, around the state of Texas, just give you guys some feedback, some information in case you did not have a chance to uh, listen to Greg Abbott's town hall meeting yesterday or read some information from Dr. Brown, our superintendent of Birdville <clears throat> uh, this morning. Uh, we'll also be back with chapter three of Look Both Ways. Um, I'm adding another segment to the podcast called Made Me Smile. We have a lot of uh, pretty pretty downer news right now. I wanted to just give something to give people something to smile about, um, and then we'll wrap things up. So thank you guys for listening. Enjoy the third episode of Chambers FM. All right, everyone, for this segment, um, I just wanted to provide some just important information update everybody on kind of some of the things that are going on. Um, If you did not hear yesterday, Governor Greg Abbott um, has effectively shut down schools, carry out restaurants, bars, gyms, um, and some other um, business establishments. Uh, They've closed them down through April 3rd. So we will be out um, at least one more week than we had originally canceled for. So we're out through at least April 3rd right now. Um, UIL sports have been canceled um, effectively up until the beginning of May. Um, so I, any track, cross country, and I think soccer season in terms of at least at Northridge um, are probably not happening this year. Um, so I just wanted to update you guys on that. Um, if you did not have a chance to listen to the town hall with uh, Governor Greg Abbott, I, I'd encourage you to just give it a listen. He answers some pretty powerful questions, some, some questions that I had not considered. Um, things like, what are we going to do about the, the border with Mexico? What are the plans um, with, with other businesses, other medical fields that aren't necessarily doctors? He addressed things like um, dentist workers, uh, things like that. So I, I would give it a listen. There's, there's more there than I can cover here in just a couple minutes. But he does, uh, I think he does a pretty good job of just kind of addressing the immediate concerns of uh, really trying to curtail the the spread of this virus and uh, there's some questions that probably need to be answered but probably not until after this entire situation is over so again schools um, throughout texas are closed at least through april 3rd at this time Um, with that information being said dr daryl brown our superintendent has sent out some information to parents to teachers um, to administrators today basically letting everyone know that the plan moving forward is for there to be some sort of distance digital online learning piece coming um, as early as next Monday. Um, he, he sends a ton of information out. You know, he's a father. He's been an educator, too. So he this is unprecedented in, in his time here as well. Um, he, he touches on the fact that that Governor Abbott has canceled star um, those requirements those tests won't happen just because we've been out of the classroom Um, and that really gives us some flexibility for the type of learning that we can provide to people so he says beginning monday march 23rd um, students should be receiving additional learning opportunities Um, he's asking parents to help out by encouraging 
children basically to take advantage of those distance learning options. He also says um, just some things to be expecting in the couple days, um, in the next couple days, regular communications from the district via the website, social media, text messages, emails, e-newsletter, um, and a couple other things like that. I got a text message from them this morning letting me know where the drop-off meal locations were for today. Um, personalized learning opportunities through various approaches, like I mentioned. So there will be some digital, some non-digital learning. Um, pay attention to that. I know my class, we have a lot of stuff already online. So I'll update you if there's anything I need to add, take away, or, or change in terms of what I've already provided you. Since the district will also continue to provide available online resources and suggested learning activities to do with students. Um, and then starting Monday, March 30th, BISD will move to online instruction for students. So just, just pay attention. Um, there will be some stuff coming where it looks like we're going to be out for a while, you guys. Um, I, I know doing homework and learning from home is, is not ideal for everybody, but we have to make the best of the situation that we have. And we're fortunate enough that we have, for the most part, the infrastructure, the resources, the, the personnel to be able to provide learning opportunities for you guys while you are stuck at home. Um, also pay attention just for some information regarding grading, assessments, graduation, um, and things like that. I know graduation doesn't impact us, um, but there's a lot of questions about, well, if my eighth grader doesn't pass the STAR test, are they able to go to ninth grade? Um, I believe yes at the current time. I don't think anything will change with that, especially with the cancellation of STAR test, but you never know. So just pay attention for some more information coming in the coming days. Um, let's see, let's see. Um, yeah, I think that's about it on, on the recent updates. I know next week Northridge will be handing out meals as well. I'll probably send out some specific information about that in an email or through Remind, um, but Northridge will be one of those sites to be able to pick up meals. That should make it easier for a lot of our families specifically to get um, the food that they are looking for. And we're just doing meals. We are not a grocery pickup center. There's some different locations there that I've touched on in a previous podcast. Um, it is also Friday um, at Northridge, at least with our students. Fridays have always been a house day. Um, last year, we, we divided our school up into eight different houses, um, almost similar to Harry Potter, just to give the kids kind of a, a place of being, a sense of belonging. Um, and no matter what grade they were in, what class they were in, they always they knew a couple extra people through their houses. Um, since Friday has typically been the day that we've celebrated our houses, we're trying to do a uh, virtual house day. So I'm sitting here right now wearing my Heshima pink antlers up to all my Heshima people out there listening. Um, so I, I believe I've sent something out to remind and your other teachers should be sending some stuff out too um, to see if we can get some people posting pictures in their house gear while they are stuck at home today. So again, today is a day we typically celebrate our houses. Um, and so I'm doing that, but wearing my pink today, antlers up. Um, so I think that's about all the updates I have for you guys right now. If anything changes, obviously, I will let you know as soon as I can. I should be putting out another podcast tomorrow and Sunday, just in case anything changes. Um, so up next, we have chapter three of Look Both Ways by Jason Reynolds. All right, everyone, uh, we're back with chapter three of Look Both Ways, new book out earlier this year by Jason Reynolds. I will pick up this chapter on Bastion Street, and the title of the chapter is Skitter Hitter. Maybe if Pia Foster had known yesterday 
when the bell rang and she ran to her locker, grabbed her skateboard and started kicking down the hall of Latimer Middle School, the wheels rolling and scratching over the floor sounding like the chugga-chugga of a small train. That the journey home would be different? She wouldn't have been in such a hurry. Maybe she wouldn't have ignored her classmates moving out of the way, sucking their teeth all annoyed by her decision to dart through the crowd as if riding on an arrow no one wanted to be struck by, shot from a get-out-of-school bow no one could see. Maybe she would have excused herself, apologized for almost clipping ankles or running over toes. Maybe she would have walked for once. Maybe even stayed after and talked to Fawn Sams, the only other skater she knew, the only other skater who was a girl, the only other skater she respected. Maybe Pia would have tightened wheels with her, talked about deck art, stickers, sneakers, maybe practiced tricks in the parking lot after all the buses were gone, heel flips, kick flips, maybe watched videos on their phones, videos of Santi hitting ollies in a dress and pumps. Maybe Pia would have even told Fawn about her, about Santi, about what happened to her. Fawn would have listened, might not have said nothing because Fawn don't talk much either, but she would have listened for sure hurt her. Maybe Pia would have done all this. Or maybe not. Maybe if she wasn't so soft-spoken. But she was, and the skateboard, like so many skaters, was her voice at its loudest, saying, get out of the way or pay. She named her board Skitter and called it She. Maybe if Stevie Munson had known yesterday the skateboard's name was Skitter, he would have said something. Maybe if he'd known Pia's name was Pia, if he'd known she had a big sister named Santi, maybe if he'd just known those things, he would have done something, something different, something at all. The bell rang at Brookshire's Boys Academy and an ocean of testosteronies crashed into the hallway, green ties swinging like polyester tails coming from their throats, matching pants and blazers, white dress shirts with soggy collars from all the neck sweat and faded red splotches on their chest from the ketchup that missed their mouths. But Stevie's shirt was stained from lots of things. Food, sweat, magic marker, Marcus. Marcus Bradford was a boxed-faced baseball player who wrote stuff on the back of Stevie's shirt almost every day. Stevie was a sweater, so he always took his blazer off in class to avoid becoming a washcloth, something to wring out. But the Oxford button-downs he wore underneath the blazer were all two sizes too big because his mom couldn't afford to buy new ones every year. School was already expensive enough, so the uniform he'd have to grow into. Everything will fit eventually, his mother would say, but the fabric was always so blousy and poofed away from Stevie's body in a way that made it impossible to feel Marcus's pens and markers gliding across the cotton. So Marcus used Stevie's shirts like locker room walls for jagged graffiti and curse words. And maybe, if yesterday, Pia had known his name, Stevie, Maybe if she had shaken his hand and said, my name is, and he'd said, my name is, she could have read his face, read his fear. Maybe he could have read hers, or maybe not. Either way, Pia would have taken her house key from around her neck and clutched it with the teeth jutting between her fingers. A fist knife, just in case. Maybe Stevie wouldn't have been there at all yesterday with Marcus and the boys if he hadn't tried to figure out a way to get them to leave him alone and his shirt. Telling wasn't an option. Snitches get stitches and sometimes ditches. That's what Marcus said the other day when Stevie found out Marcus had drawn a green penis on the back of his shirt. Greenness written underneath. 
Maybe Stevie wouldn't have even been there with them if his mother hadn't asked him what he was doing with all the bleach. Why was he using so much of it? Not that I'm not glad you're washing your own clothes, but detergent and bleach ain't free, she'd say. And what Stevie couldn't say was, I'm sorry, but there's a boy in my school drawing on my clothes. Because then his mother would say, I don't send you to private school for boys to draw private parts on your private uniform that you still have to grow into. And do I need to call the principal? And Stevie didn't want to hear none of that. Stitches, remember? Maybe even ditches. Besides, Mr. Brock, the principal, already knew. He'd seen the pictures and words, and all he ever said was, boys will be boys. But whether Stevie told his mother about Marcus or not, yesterday, Pia still would have taken that way home. She still would have kicked down the hall, dashing through the crowd on her skateboard, ignoring all the teeth smacking and slick talk, and Miss Walkley yelling, no skating allowed, feeling that freedom she was used to, the kind of freedom that comes from feet not touching the ground. Coasting through the school door, weaving and winding across the pavement, riding the asphalt wave, avoiding the bus waiters and the pickup parents, the orange sashes of safety patrols and the sound of a whistle blown by the crossing guard. A whistle Pia never listened to because skating meant freedom. Rules were for the classroom, where teachers would say things like, participation is part of your grade. But Pia wasn't a participator, not in school. She spent most days daydreaming about frontside 180s while scribbling her sister's name on the desk. The S, a geometric trick that looked more like a pointy eight, the way Santee always wrote it, and thinking about how much it sucked to roll an ankle. And yet rolling an ankle was way better than Miss Broom calling Pia's name to ask her to explain what some old guy she never heard of meant in a story she'd never read but was supposed to read just because Miss Broom said she was supposed to read it. Pia was always ready to go to cut into the wind and float down Portal Avenue towards Bastion Street. Pit stop at the skate park, skate down Santee's sidewalk, roll towards home. Stevie was never ready to go, because to go meant to get got by Marcus and the boys. There was one time they grabbed Stevie by the tie and yanked it so hard that his neck was sore for a week. They called it snatch the tail off the donkey. The triangle knot had been pulled so tight that undoing it was like trying to unravel a rock. So he cut it off, buried it in the bottom of his backpack, a dead fabric snake, told his mother he lost it, and she lost her mind. I don't send you to a private school for you to lose ties. I send you there for you to be able to make them one day, she yelled. But she knew her son, knew he was the kind of kid who could lose the brown off his skin if he closed his eyes for too long. Another time when Stevie wasn't paying attention, Marcus and the boys ran up on him and threw a cup of water all over the front of his pants. Then they cupped their hands around their mouths and announced to as much as the world as possible that Stevie had pissed himself. And even though Stevie said he hadn't, pleaded like his life depended on it, they talked over him, howling and shrieking, Yo, you pissed your pants! Everybody, this fool pissed himself! Stevie was so embarrassed that he almost matched their joke with the real thing. And then there was the time Marcus decided he needed to practice his wrestling moves, the ones he watched on TV. And who better to practice on than Stevie? Kid never saw it coming. A body slam, an elbow drop, a pile driver, a pin on the sidewalk, one, two, three, while the other boys threw their hands up and cheered like audience members and taped the whole thing on their phones. Viral. So Stevie was never ready to go. Until yesterday, when Marcus and the boys finally offered him freedom. Pia saw them yesterday. She was used to seeing them, and they were used to seeing her, but they never said nothing. 
Normally, they step to the side and let Pia skate by. It was usually only three boys standing along the fence at the skate park, but this time, four, dressed in green. And if Pia hadn't known Marcus, she would have thought private school guys were automatically good. She would have thought their ties made them mature. She would have thought they lived perfect lives in perfect neighborhoods and perfect houses with clean windows and green grass. Grass even greener than their jackets. Houses that smelled like coffee in the morning and popcorn at night. But she knew Marcus. Marcus's mother owned the salon Pia went to whenever her mom made her get her hair done, which was mainly for holidays when they would have to go to her grandmother's for dinner. And her mother had learned a long time ago that the only way to get Pia to go to the salon without kicking was to let her take Skitter, the skateboard, with her. Let her kick that around the parking lot until it was her turn in the chair so that Pia wouldn't have to sit for hours flipping through old magazines filled with fancy advertisements of stick figure models with bodies pretzeled up, printed on paper that smelled like the perfume Santy wore. When she was smaller, Pia would sniff the pages. And once, when the salon was really backed up, she sniffed and sniffed until the strange mixture of glue, ink, and flowers made her nauseous. She puked all over the salon floor. And that was when her mother had finally given in and allowed her to bring the board with her. At first, whenever Pia had skate back and forth across the parking lot outside the salon, Marcus, who was always pouting while sweeping up the hair inside the salon, would come out with her. One time, he asked if he could ride Skitter. Pia kicked the board over to him. Marcus put one board on the deck and steadied himself. As soon as he lifted the other foot, the board flew out from under him. He caught air before slamming to the ground, only to find that his pants had split up the middle and his superhero briefs were on blast. But Pia didn't laugh. Instead, she tried to help him up, but he couldn't take her hand, cover his butt, and wipe his eyes at the same time. He never came outside with her again, except for one day years later. And on that day, he didn't speak to her or ask to ride her skateboard. He just sat on the curb and watched, but pretended he wasn't watching as Pia kicked harder than usual, sailing over the asphalt, grinding her board against the curb, scraping it like she hated it, almost violently, attempting tricks she knew she couldn't do, rocketing to the ground over and over again, then getting back up, getting back on, ignoring Marcus's fake chuckles. She could never forget that day. It was the day she was getting her hair done for her sister's funeral, a jacked up French roll with what felt like 200 bobby pins that started itching as soon as she left the chair. Pia felt that same itch when she saw Marcus and the boys yesterday, when she saw the knots at their throats and felt a knot in hers. Because she knew Marcus. She knew where his mother's black eyes were coming from, where her swollen jaws and forehead lumps were coming from. Because that same day, Pia sat under the dryer two years back, after her wash and before the French roll was put in, she heard her mom ask Marcus's mom when she was going to leave Marcus's father. With the dryer whirring in Pia's ears, it sounded like the two women were whispering in a tornado, but Pia could still hear them through the storm. I ain't trying to get in your business, Lydia, I swear, and if you tell me to mind my own, I will. I, I mean, with Santi's death and this one here, I got more than enough to mind, but I can't sit here and pretend like I don't see what I see, and I'm definitely not about to act like I don't care about you, Lydia, you and Marcus. So I gotta ask you, before this man kills you, when are you gonna leave? When Stevie realized yesterday that the girl skating down the street was going to be a target, and that target would be the ticket to him being left alone by Marcus and the boys, accepted as one of them, he got nervous, nauseous. What, what, what are we doing? He choked on his words. 
just playing a game, Marcus said, grabbing Stevie's shoulder like a baseball to be fastballed or Pia. But Stevie had a curveball in mind, told Marcus he wouldn't do anything to her. I don't want you to do nothing to her, Marcus scowled. Just take her skateboard, that's all. The boys lined up, became a wall on the sidewalk, and Pia thought about hopping the curb to go around them, but knew better than to skate into oncoming traffic. She'd cut it close before, too scary, so Pia reluctantly put a foot down, dragged her sneaker along the concrete to slow down, then stomped, back to the, be then stomped the back of the skateboard, flipping it up to her, into her hand. Excuse me, she said politely to Marcus. Excuse you, he said back, puffing his chest. Pia never looked down, looked each boy in the face. Each of them looked back, except for one. The new boy, Stevie, looked everywhere else. To the left, to the right, up and down, anywhere but at her. Let me borrow your board, Marcus said. Just for a second, my man been working on a trick and he wanted to show us. Marcus nudged Stevie. He don't look like he skate, Pia said, sizing Stevie up. Bet he skate better than you. Marcus stepped towards her, yanking Stevie with him. Stevie looked like he was two seconds from vomiting the bones out of his body, leaving him as nothing but a skin suit lying on the sidewalk. Pia could smell Stevie, a punchy musk, stronger than the perfume in the magazines. He was sweating through his blazer, and before he could answer, Marcus reached for Skitter, grabbed the board, and yanked it. But Pia wouldn't release it. After a back and forth, Pia gripping the board with both hands, Marcus tried a different approach. He let go, and Pia stumbled back but didn't fall. Balance. But Marcus was right there to do gravity's work, shoved her to the ground. The skateboard flew from her hands and skidded into the street, where a car, horn blaring, rolled over it. Oh! The boys howled as the wooden plank split, their stupid excitement splintering Pia's skin. Her voice cracked, broken in half. She got up and ran, mind racing, thinking about Santee. Stevie chased behind her. Pia ran faster, thinking about Santee as she was pushed off her board by a boy. Stevie stopped running. Pia ran home, thinking about Santi, how the boy was just mad Santi was a better skater than she was. Pushed her into the traffic, thinking about himself. Oncoming traffic. Had Stevie known that's what it would take to be one of Marcus's boys, he wouldn't have come yesterday. Or maybe he would have, but he would have said something. He would have stopped Marcus. Why didn't he say anything? Why didn't he stop it? That's what he asked himself as he walked back down the sidewalk. That's what he asked himself when he tipped into the street, his hand up timidly as traffic slowed for him, and picked up the cracked halves of the skateboard. He held them like he was holding a broken heart, looked around only to find that Marcus and the boys had left him, like the suckers they were, like the sucker he was. And maybe if Pia had known Stevie had picked up the pieces of her board, Maybe if she'd known that he took them home with him. Maybe if she'd known that he finally told his mother about Marcus, told her all the bleach was going, why he had to wash his clothes every day to try to remove the stains and marks and words inked into his uniform. Showed her the tie he cut off his neck and hid in the bottom of his bag, the one he'd said he'd lost. Explained why he hadn't had an appetite, why his grades were slipping. Maybe if Pia had known that he told his mother what he'd just done, what he didn't do, what he'd just seen. Maybe if Pia had known that his mother struggled to hold back a scream, helped him take the deck back together, punished him, sent him to bed, woke him up early this morning for extra chores. Maybe if Pia had known that his mother, 
After meeting with the principal, pulled Stevie out of school early, drove him to what they guessed was Pia's school, the only public middle school in the area, sat stuck in traffic lecturing him, paying no attention to the news on the radio. A school bus had fallen from the sky, made him stand outside the entrance and wait for Pia awkwardly. Maybe if Pia had known that Stevie was coming to apologize for his silence, maybe, 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 just maybe, Pia wouldn't have left through the back door. Today, with Fawn, to walk to the cemetery to visit Santi's grave and ask her questions, hard questions, about boys. All right, you guys, that was chapter three of Look Both Ways by Jason Reynolds. Thanks for listening. segment of the podcast what I wanted to do was just just give us something just to smile about um there's just a lot of bad news going on right now uh times are tough I know that but um there's always a couple things around uh the community around the state that that are just uh, just some good things some good people doing some cool things so um what I wanted to share out for the made me smile section today so the Fort Worth Animal Shelter shared out a uh, graphic over Facebook the other day um, the animal shelters were something that I was pretty concerned with, with, with everything government-wise being shut down. Um, I didn't know what they were going to do with the existing animals in the shelter. People aren't leaving their houses to go adopt or volunteer and things like that. So I was pretty worried about the animals in there. But they shared out a document that said, um, earlier this week, 87 animals went into foster care, meaning someone fostering them for the time being. Not necessarily a permanent adoption, but they're giving them a place to stay while the the situation kind of uh, expands itself. Um, so 87 animals went into foster care. 54 animals were adopted outright. 94 animals went to some sort of rescue care outside of the Fort Worth Animal Shelter. 50 animals were returned to their owners. So all in all, um, almost uh, 300 animals um, are have been removed from the shelter and found some some homes and, and hopefully a forever home, hopefully a place that they can stay for a long time. Their current capacity right now, they still have 398 dogs and 23 cats available. Um, I'm not encouraging anyone to go out and just get you a pet during this difficult situation because you're lonely. Um, but if you are someone who has fostered in the past or is looking to adopt an animal, uh, check out the Fort Worth Animal Shelter. They have a lot of um, cats and dogs available. They're really good people up there. My wife has volunteered up there before, so um, help them out. But that was something that made me smile this week. Um, again, I know things are tough, but there are some good things to kind of focus on. I think if we focus on the good, it makes the bad stuff a little more bearable. So that's the Made Me Smile segment of the podcast. should just about do it for today's episode of chambers fm again i want to thank everybody for tuning in listening sticking with us supporting us through these difficult times um what i'd like to leave you with today um it's just a poem that when things get tough when when i feel like i am losing control it, it always uh it always helps to kind of come back and remember a couple of things so this poem is titled invictus by william ernest henley out of the night that covers me, black as the pit from pole to pole, I thank whatever gods may be for my unconquerable soul. 
In the fell clutch of circumstance, I have not winced nor cried aloud. Under the bludgeoning of chance, my head is bloody but unbowed. Beyond this place of wrath and tears looms but the horror of the shade. And yet the menace of the years finds and shall find me unafraid. It matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishments the scroll. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. So you guys, I know things are hard. Um, I know we're stuck inside for at least one more week and possibly longer than that at this point. Um, remember, you are in control of this situation. You, along with everybody around you right now, we will make it through this. I know things are difficult. Um, I know this feels like a, a break from school, um, but I have a feeling in the next week, couple weeks, um, people are gonna get real tired of being stuck inside. Remember, we can do this, find the good, find the positive. Remember, you are in control of your own destiny. Thank you, guys. Chambers out.